0: Hi, everyone. I'm Francesca Maxime, and thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the Rerooted Podcast on Ram Dass' Be Here Now Network. This is actually the first recording that I've done since his passing, and I really just want to honor um, all of the wisdom and all of the love that he has um, seeded in community around the world. And in honor of that, The podcast today is really about collective community and connection. Um, The gentleman that I'm joined uh, with today is Hector Sanchez Flores. He is the executive director of the National Compadres Network, NCN, where he leads the organization's work to promote methods that build on the cultural and personal assets of people and communities, especially for young men of color, to intervene and prevent violence, truancy, teen pregnancy, and other life-limiting outcomes for Kids, Teens, and Families. And prior to joining NCN, Hector served for 12 years as Senior Research Associate with the Institute for Healthy Policy Studies at the University of California, San Francisco. And he joins us today from California. Welcome, Hector, so much um, to say and so grateful for your being here.
1: Well, thank you for including me in this conversation today. When I hear you read uh, that introduction, uh, it doesn't really truly reflect the other part of me, which is, you know, the, the other way that I learned, right? You, you acknowledge that Western way, you know, working at an institute, doing all these other things. But, you know, my family that uh, invested a lot of time and attention to create a son and uh, influence a son to really uh, hopefully live a truth that is more than just the Western way of thinking, but maybe the way my family thought uh, well before the conquest.
0: Right, right. And, and, and I love um acknowledging just even that much. And and you know, oftentimes this this podcast is called Re rooted. And yeah. it's called Rerooted to come us to, to, to come us back, to bring us back to being rooted to the natural earth, our natural mother, all of the things and ways that we're connected and and um and the ways in which from that bears the fruit, the growth, the trees, the fruit, you know, and, and all of that. You know, we don't we don't just see a tree standing there by itself. That's usually in a forest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. And, uh, and, and this is important to do because the people that will listen and uh, reflect on whatever we share today, um, my hope is that they will uh, reflect on maybe some things that they chose or they were told were no longer important to them as their journey went and begin to rediscover those things about themselves. That are central to our identity and connecting ourselves to Mother Earth and connecting ourselves to the elements that surround us is what our grandmothers did for time and memorial, what our grandfathers did for time and memorial. And it would be really healthy for us to figure out how to integrate that, reintegrate that in our lives. And if I can serve as simply as a reminder, and people say, I know that, then I've done my job
0: yeah that's beautiful no I, I i love that um and you know i should also say since since um you know i'm here in brooklyn um you're in california i'm on lenape land and i'm here um you know as part of uh the folks who have displaced the people who are native to the land here and there are still um here yes. and you know it's it's sort of this idea of survival and continuing on, and you bring all of that into the work that you do with the um, young men and families and women that you work with. And I'll get back to the organization a little bit, but I'd like to start with your personal story, which is really kind of what you were um, sure. alluding to earlier and uh, family connection and community.
1: Sure. Well, the interesting thing is this morning I received a text. Today is uh, a day that if my grandfather was alive, he'd be alive. Um, and uh, today we commemorate that, that initial birth. My parents come from a town in the state of Jalisco uh, that before Google existed was not a dot on any map, right? That's where my family root came from. And in that community, uh, people would rarely ask you, you know, what's your name? They would ask you who you belong to. And when you did, you would share your name, your complete name, which is not the way we do it here, which would be Hector Sanchez Flores Valdez Orozco. Uh, Sanchez Flores being my paternal grandparents' names. Uh, Valdez Orozco being my maternal grandparents' last names. And in that community, when you shared your name in that way, they knew who you belonged to and they knew what to expect of you. And Mm. as a consequence, you could then choose to live the truth of the family or uh, do your own thing, but they knew that you knew better, right? And so when you're a child and that is what is taught to you before you learn anything in school, right, that's the way you roll in that community, that that's really incredible. My parents then, uh, my father came to the United States in the early 50s, uh, worked and then returned to his town in Mexico, married my mother and returned back to the United States and um, and had four children and worked very hard and dedicated themselves to, to, to give us the opportunities that that they that they didn't have, you know. My grandparents uh, were hardworking people. Uh, they were uh, people of the earth, and and were successful in that endeavor. But my parents chose to come here and do that work, and and as a result of that, they they did something that I don't know if you know I would I don't know if I would have done, but they did. They trusted those things that they were told, such as that education was important, and they mm. really pushed for their children to receive an education. Uh, they also uh, rooted us in our family traditions and our cultural traditions uh, because at the time uh, we, we returned to Mexico constantly, unlike the situation that many families have right now. So the privilege that at the time my family had to return and come back, um, you know, is not lost on me. And I think many families would choose to do that. And uh, but but all the The current reality that we experience right now uh, keeps families from doing that with ease um, and whatnot. And so, you know, that was it. And so, uh, you know, then what happened, Francesca, which is really important to me, was I went into the Western education system and they began to teach me a lot of things, a lot of things that I still utilize in my professional realm right now. But what happened was is that I had to rediscover the parts of me that weren't being taught in school. And mm. so why is it, you know, why is it that I have the privilege to be here today, right? <clears throat> is it really what I know? Or am I simply the answering of prayers that were laid seven generations ago, right? Mm. Of people that I, whose names I don't know, unfortunately, uh, but sacrificed and, and wished that their children uh, would have a better life than, than, than they were having at that time. So, as a consequence, you know, I can choose to say, look at me. This is, you know, look at the success that I have achieved. Or I could say, man, I wonder who prayed for me to have these opportunities. And Mm. the Western way says it's me. My family's tradition says, mijo, you're attached to other things. And I choose to to do that. And when I do that, I feel I get so much more than I ever contribute. So, that's a little bit about me. And, uh, you know, and so. Uh, G.V. Sanchez, known as Gabby amongst his friends, and Selena, did did a remarkable job. All the good things likely come from them. All the limitations are (laughs) self-created. Like you
0: said, we all have our karma. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, and and, and that's the part that's workable, which I think is so inspiring, right? Because we get to shift that. Um, We can't, you know, when we recognize our patterns, um, but we know who we really are. Yes. and where yes. we really come from, then yes. it becomes less daunting, I think. Yes. Yes. Um, and that each one of us, regardless of whether or not we're colonizer or colonized, do yes. have that inherent part yes. that can um, show up and wake up yes. uh, and then act differently or act with agency. And
1: um, you, you said that. We all, all of us have that. Some of us have been cut off from that right? Yeah. And so, um, um, you know, that's the real long game is that, can we begin to rediscover where it is that we come from, irrespective of what um, the family is? I don't, I have a huge family, uh, beautifully imperfect, you know, everything. <laughs> really? Everything, You're normal? Yeah, yeah. Everything that happens in a community happens in my family, right? And as a consequence of that, I think that when you come to that realization, then you become connected to the journeys of other people. You see yourself reflected into that process. You see um, how their stories intersect with ours. And unfortunately, sometimes we intersect on the fear part, like we don't want to disclose. We don't want to say things, right? Um, because of the shame associated with that. But you know, there's also some blessings on, those, on, on that journey and and oftentimes we don't want to even share the blessings that come with it and we become paralyzed by the shame and um and doing that work that internal work that allows you to figure out that narrative for yourself that nobody can give you you have to discover that for yourself makes it easier for connections right yeah
0: yeah tell me an example of when you hit the shame wall and then you you know tunneled out of it because i've um you know, heard it said that I really kind of thought about this because shame feels bad and yet grandiosity yeah. and, and power tripping feels good, yeah. that the shame is just as self-absorbed as the grandiosity because it's all about me, as yeah. opposed to me, meaning what I did wrong, as opposed to me, I'm better than you and I'm going to try to make you pay, right? We're on other scales of whether or not you're you're down under the rug or you're, you know, trying to be on top of the mountain. But um, but I think it's, it's humanizing and real to kind of recognize that, they're sort of interestingly in internally yeah. oriented as opposed to like that compassion focused out externally oriented. But you have to kind of work through the shame block, which is why I'm asking for yeah. the example if you have one.
1: Sure. I think that being a cisgender Latino male, um, it is inevitable that as we were being raised at in the era that I was being raised, that we would hear things that today we label as homophobic. Right. At that time. It was the way that families, communities uh, found acceptable to separate ourselves from other people, right? People in our families, people in our community, right? And as a child, when you hear these things, um, I, you know, you don't question them. You're a child, right? They are just the way they are. And, um, and I had to separate, for example, what the outside community was saying and what my father then stepped in and he says, we don't do that. Mm. And when he observed me do something, he observed me directly. He said, mijo, we don't do that. And, and it, there was a moment where I was thinking, but everybody does this. But it was very clear that he said to me, uh, mijo, we don't do this. right? Meaning that we do not have shame a- other people. Right. We don't, we don't right. shame and- other people for who they are. right? Right. But he, but he didn't explain to me, you know, the work that needed to be done. He just said, he just put down the maxim. Mijo, we don't do that. And there was an internal conflict. Like, but if we don't do this, why do other people do it, right? You know, and so you're a, you're a child. I was a, young, I was a young boy. I was still not a young man. Sure. And I struggled with that tension, right? And it wasn't until I, I was much older and a professor uh, who was pushing us to say you know wh- you know how it is that we perceive people come to be themselves and i was still trapped in my thinking i was still trapped in spite of what my father had said i was still trapped in my thinking and he put out a challenge for us. he said then you write when it is that you consciously chose to be who you are right and i was embarrassed to say that i couldn't write that paper
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: I am who I am. I'm a Latino male, uh, cisgender. That is my life. That is my experience. I never question it. That's just who I am. And why was I inviting other people to justify who they were? And when that when that switch flipped, it was the day that my right brain and that professor, and my left brain, where my father was saying, "Mijo, we don't do that." When they came together, and I was like, you know, um, wow. Um, I, I need to do something different. I can't just think something different. And I, that moment I chose to realize that we are in this together, that another person's journey is maybe different. Uh, but I not, it's not about respecting their journey. It's about being with them on their journey. Uh, and when needed, and when I play a role or when I'm asked to play a role, to step in and say, we don't do that to our children.
0: Right? Yeah, that is and, that is such a beautiful example.
1: And, and so... And- that's my story right and you know it's it, i can hold it in shame but um i chose to say this is how i can that's the way i convert the miseducation into a form of medicine right yeah. and now and now when i think of all the relations that i've created in my life of people that don't look like me uh but love like me but they their the object of their love is different than my object of my love I can't imagine my life uh, without those humans around me, right? Yeah. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that journey, but my commitment is that my children will not have to start where I started. Yeah. Um, that's 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 my action. My son and my daughter, Diego and Sofia, will not will not start where I did. My hope is that they will be much closer to that true sense of being in connection with other people, Um, and if I do that, then maybe the part of my work on this earth will be accomplished.
0: Yeah, that is so beautiful because, again, we can, you know, um, stop the wall of the trauma that, you know, we inherit and um, make those choices when we have, like, from a mindfulness perspective, the direct experience Yes. And the awareness of the direct experience that from this more sort of neuroscience standpoint, if you want to say, you know, the cognitive piece of the left brain matched with the direct experience of looking inside. You did a yeah. U-turn, you turned the eyes inside and you checked in to say, well, wait, what is this about me? And you really did that. And yeah. once it just didn't make sense, it's like, well, okay, then there's no other alternative. This makes, this is the way it is. And that is, I think what the Buddha's teaching was basically fundamentally about, which is clarity of what is yeah. rather than, <laughs> we're not trying to add or subtract anything. We're just trying to actually see what's here for real yeah,
1: uh-huh,
0: and not make up stories about it.
1: No, but, but you know, the, the, but if, if we're surrounded by people who haven't done that, then we inherit their trauma-based narrative, right? Of course. The trauma-based narrative that is based on separation and exclusion. You are not like me as a consequence um, you know, let's, you can fill in the gap.
0: Right, uh, but inherent in that is the patriarchy, yeah. the machismo, it's the power over, has to do with if I'm better than you, then that makes me feel more secure. If I'm in a fear state, if I'm open out of love, and I'm yeah. in that connective community, then we have the support of everyone. Like you say, I can't imagine not having that in my life. Sure. But we know that patriarchy is sort of that separation, right, sure. that I think it was Carol Gilligan who said, um, men give up their uh connections their 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 relationships in order to be in relationship to meaning that the collective is sacrificed for the hierarchical positioning sure
1: sure well and that's part of our work because you used a word right um, that is associated now it has a broader meaning and broader association of of machismo or macho or or whatnot and that word is a word that predates uh, the Spanish conquest on the, in the Americas, which had a very different uh, connotation. It was a person who was a person of their work. It was a person who uh, was respectful in all their relationships. It was a person that did not uh, abuse themselves or abuse people in their circle. It was a person who took responsibility to make sure that the collective was taken care of. And that was the definition of the term. Uh, machis, machis was the word. If you live those principles in your day-to-day life and you reflected, oh the other one that you included ceremony in your in life, right? That was a critical one. It's critical. If if you did that, then you were a reflection of that. And if you did, you were then macho, right? Which is the diametrically opposed view that we have. And as and and people will say, where is this? Why and it was in the cause? says that was the part of the 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 Aztec culture that was educating boys, right? Yeah. Now, uh, when the conquest comes, the first thing that they take is your word, and it's a hard pill to swallow to say how could be how can it be that we utilize a word in its diametrically opposed definition? Uh, but that's it. So we work on that dilemma and saying when we say. All our relations, or when we say en la quech, which means you are my other me, tú eres mi otro yo, Mm. that we are now uh, in a different type of relationship, right? And once I see you, once I see you, uh, then I have to really work to be in relationship with that sacred essence that you carry. And uh, people will, that's a hard way to be in relationship with people, but it's a muscle that once you learn to practice and work, all of a sudden, you discover that you carry that within you. Um, our grandmothers did it. You know, our, our mothers did it. They, uh, they forgive us once. They forgive us twice. They forgive us all our lives, right? <laughs> uh, because they want to preserve that relationship. Yeah. Uh, and that's really important. And when you teach young men that, you know, which is really what we're trying to remind them of, uh, the most powerful thing you have is to be a man of your word, right? Yeah, integrity. Integrity. And if you can live that way, then, then you, will, you will make mistakes. But when you do, there'll be a pathway to correct because you have uh, relationships with people, right? And really- And making, accountability. And accountability, right? You know, it's much more, uh, anyway, so that's what we attempt to do. Uh, and those are the things that we see reflected around, you know, if you ever meet or around elders, they'll say, I remember when all it took was a handshake. Right. We did not need contracts. Right. And if you go to certain parts of the world, um, people will say, oh, well, literacy is not high. That's why they do this. No, they do this because a handshake has deeper meaning than any possible piece of paper that's written. Right. right. The sh- handshake and, 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 and exchanging of the pulse in our palms well, means more than ink on paper.
0: And and it so does in so many ways, and that felt sense of connection that one gets when one is in accord, in yes. accordance with another yeah. person. Yeah. You have, yes, of course, done your negotiations, you've done your listening and your hearing yeah. and your vetting and your, your pieces around um, what's appropriate. But that sense of feeling felt, mm-hmm. feeling seen is both ways. It's not yeah. a power over, like you will agree and uh, you will uh, sort of... Concede to my contract, yeah. right? Yeah. And this happens also in marriages or in couples. I yeah. see couples, you know, in my in my work. Um, you know, it's sort of like who's winning today. And I'm like, well, you're a team. So, it, and, and just in this way, the collective and the family yes. and the community is the team. Um, But our Western culture and our sort of pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality, oftentimes, while it's good to make the effort, like from a mindfulness um, perspective, we talk about virya and that sort of make effortful discipline around, you know, day by day. Every breath by breath, we can make those choices of integrity, right? If we have that framework that you're talking about, which in the mindfulness trainings is like the five precepts, but it's essentially what you're talking about. And that kind of a framework is to root us back to that kind of connection and strength and um, integrity.
1: So so we wrote a paper uh, a while back. It's still available online. It was called uh, Raising Latino Boys by Their Root Straps. Right, mm. and and saying that, and, their and root can,
0: straps. I just want to like underscore that. I love that raising Latino boys by their root
1: straps. So you can raise African American ancestry boys from their root straps. All boys should be connected to their roots, right? Uh, you grow a stronger tree uh, that has strong roots, and so when you are talking about the, the modern day, you uh, can by your bootstraps, right? Uh, you work in some communities like you know we didn't we didn't have shoes you know so there's no bootstraps right, <laughs> right. and so uh, you know but but reminding people as you do it's very clear as you're sharing that yeah there's things that you do professionally today but you're influenced greatly by the longer tradition the arc of education that is much longer than any formal thing that we have and that's uh, of great value to us and I hope that as a society we grow. When you see that elder in the community um, that we don't use the benchmark of formal education, because although my parents, particularly my father did not have a long formal education, I don't know if I'll ever be as wise as him.
0: Same as my grandfather, same as uh, he was Italian, but I mean, you know, it's that same idea of education, the formal education, like my mother and her siblings all did get college and graduate school and doctors and things. And, but it was really his inherent wisdom of the yeah. land of farming of physics yeah. of not of that, and you know he was definitely flawed sure, <laughs> in terms sure. of behavior yeah. as all people are too, but also yeah. just very rooted and loving and had a lot of character and integrity yeah. to your point about truth and honor and values
1: well, if perfection is the goal to do any work, then we would be paralyzed right? yeah and and uh, you know oftentimes we, this is part of that reflection that you said a little bit about whether you're the conqueror or the con- or the person that was conquered. You know, I don't, I don't know. I really could never fathom, for example, when I reflect back of the decisions that people make along that course of life that I've never been forced to make. Right. I don't live in that time. I don't know if I've ever had a moment of making a survival decision. Right. And we do that and 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 when you really think back seven generations, you begin to really under, really realize how blessed you are, because somebody made a decision to survive uh, so that we could live today, right Somebody made that decision, and uh, and and when I reflect that, I don't know their flaws, I don't know their blessings. Uh, I choose to try to acknowledge the blessings that they that they did that give us life today, right. But I harbor no real, you know, sense that they were perfect people. Uh, I'm imperfect in, in many ways, right? But if we, if perfection is the standard to really do this work, then nobody would do this work. And uh, it's part of that journey to discover. And so sometimes we see uh, those members of our family that struggle a great deal, right? Um, make decisions that perhaps you and I wouldn't make, right? but it's hard to stand in their shoes. And the prayer is they remain sacred. The hope is that they will recover that sacredness in that journey, right? That they will discover that they are more than maybe the missteps that, that were made along that, that journey. And that we create a place closer to home that allows them to get off that journey and then come closer to, to those people that care about. Because I would imagine that a person like your grandfather and and those those elders, there was always a place to go, right? Uh, the worst part is to be on a journey and you never ha- and you lose the path to go back home, right? Yeah. We should always have that path to return to the to the grandmothers, the grandmothers, the grandfathers, the mothers who always have something to offer us, you know, from the kitchen, right? Yeah, from the that, kitchen. That, that <laughs> is medicine. That is medicine, right? Mm. That is medicine.
0: It is, which is why I'm often in there baking things. (laughs) I'm like, this is my medicine. I'm not perfect, so eat my cookies. (laughs) Yes, there you go. go. It's one way to do it, perhaps. Um, I'm going to go through a couple of the things here. You have um, for the National Compadres Network um, the LCC overview, la cultura, la cultura
1: cura, Mm -hmm. um,
0: transformative health and healing philosophy that recognizes that within an individual's families and communities, authentic cultural values, traditions, and indigenous practices exist, as you've been saying, the pathway to healthy development, restoration, and lifelong well-being. And um, so I'm going to go through uh, these sort of pieces. I think there's five. Purpose de based on individual, family, and community, dignity, dignidad, a basic premise of the individual family and community dignity acknowledges that within the ancestral wisdom of a people sure. are the teachings and medicines necessary for growth and healing. And then it goes on. So talk to me about how this applies to the 14 year old who is potentially in a gang in California or potentially in a violent, you know, home or family situation or anyone for that matter.
1: Or, or an AP student uh, doing incredibly well uh, in school and stressed out for that. Purpose um is is something more than just um what we choose to do in what we call that professional world. Purpose is why why am I here? What is my what is my true purpose in life to do this? And we miss we we confuse that sometimes with what we do professionally, right? What we do professionally. I am an engineer, yeah. I am an engineer, I am um fill in the blank, right? I I uh, you know, I, you know, whatever that may be, our purpose is those things that feed our personal identity. I, I remember uh, when I was a boy, um, I must have frustrated my mother. And I and she said to me, mijo, uh, quit talking so much. Um, you're not going to be paid to talk. Come on. Just just listen and, and be quiet. <laughs> and, and, then, and then one day I was going to uh, I was invited to have a, a conversation at at, at, a, at a conference. And I walk into the space and they had sold out this conference. they had planned a, a great conference um, and I'm, I'm going to go speak uh, at the time in front of about six hundred and fifty people and as I was reflecting, walking into that moment, um, I remembered that thing that my mother had said, <laughs> and I used that as motivation, and then when I left, I called my mom I say, hey, "Thank you, mom, you were you motivated Motivó para para hacer mi platica." you motivated me to have this conversation and and then she said, well, what, did, what did, what did, I say? What did I do? And I shared with her. And she said, me, I would have never said that. I said, me, mom, you did. Right. So her memory of that was different. But what I think what I'm trying to say is that in my purpose, I'm a sharing person. Uh, that is who I am. Right. And so whether I do my role as an executive director, whether I'm a father or whether I'm a friend, uh, part of one of the dimensions of me is that I, I like to share. And, um, And that's, that's just who I am. We don't tell young people, you know, what's your essence? What is your purpose in life? I'm an artist. Oh, so you contribute for people feeling your spirit doing this. Right. Mm. Oh, I never thought about it that way. Right. Oh, I like singing, man. So you like creating sound vibrations that affect other people and get them to change and move, uh, and maybe discover their rhythm. Right. Mm. And they're like, Oh, so, so these are these things. Oh, so I'm, uh, you're a therapist. So you're really a healer. You know, you are working with people to discover what it is that's blocking their opportunities and create a sense of medicine that they carry to grow. So these, Mm. that's what we talk about. So, so what, so what are you going to do that feeds your purpose and young people that say you're, you made all these mistakes, right? You're not getting the good grades. Those are one thing. And we can work on that. We can get tutors. We can do that. But mijo or mija, in you, you're something more than these grades, right? And, and that's what that purpose in this Dino is. It's the thing that drives your sense of hope, right? I, I'm going to be something, and, uh, and that's why I'm doing all of this. Otherwise, I'm, I don't even know why I'm doing this. And you started by identifying like those kids that are pushed to the margins, right? Those, sometimes those young people are, uh, have self-identified for all the things that they've done wrong, you know? So I am fill in the blank, right? I, I can't get good grades. And, and they should finish the sentence with this teacher right now. But next <laughs> year I may have a different teacher, right? That sees me in a different way. Uh, right now I am, I chose some bad friends right now, and and I'm struggling to 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 live a different way. Right, your purpose is very different. Your destiny is not, and and so you meet people that are really successful, that have not lived their purpose either. Right. You know, and so they think they are who they're recognized for, but in their core sense, they may be a little bit different. Right. So this is a journey for all people and it it resonates for people who have been marginalized. And sometimes that with people that are highly successful, it gets masked in the success, right? Sure. If you drive around a Ferrari, nobody's gonna
0: say, oh, you know, you have problems, yeah. but oftentimes they go hand yeah. in hand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and
1: so yeah. the purpose in the you know, that's part of it, right? And and our families have a collective purpose in the you know, too, right? Uh, That story that you talk about your grandfather, right? That little snippet, right? We could go all day to really uncover that journey, right? And how that seed, that impulse for something uh, lives in the thread of his children, his grandchildren, his Mm great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, And what more beautiful thing for a child to say, Hey, I'm building on my family's tradition of contributing to healing and peace. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't do it like my grandfather did. I don't do it like my grandmother did, but I do it like this now. Right. That kind of legacy, um, children and young people are disconnected from. That's the level one. That's, that's, if, if you can do that, then you have something to work with that is profound, right? Um,
0: Beautiful. The reconnection. That's and, it. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, but, and,
0: it, and it's funny because the mindfulness teachings are about remembering that which is already there. Yes. And if you don't know, then you find it. Meaning yes. you go doing a little bit of uh, Columbo work and
1: you do yes. your, <laughs> and, your digging. And, and, yes. And, 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 and there's value because that makes you have to go back and ask questions. And so sometimes children will hear, oh, your grandmother was a great cook, right? Ignoring the fact that, you know, our grandmothers, when they cooked, they was, they were cooking all the time. So their sphere, it was usually in that house, right? Um, and sometimes for many of us, our children don't no longer see that as clearly, because both parents are working outside of the home. and And so that that way of the way historically our homes the men worked outside of the home and the women worked inside of the home and then the economy shifted and then everybody started working outside of the home and all of that. But what happened in those kitchens, right? What was being transferred down, right? What kind of advice was being provided around those meals, right? Yeah. That were both auditory, spiritual communications, thoughtful intellect coming through with the scent of the food that gets wrapped up and that's why sometimes when people walk into homes and they smell that stuff Mm. there's people say oh there was a i had a flood of feelings and that's a real that's acknowledging a lot happens around those scents and those foods and now we call it aromatherapy and we we (laughs) but but our grandmothers were doing this all the time right
0: right and 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 that it is a visceral sense, and you know, from a from a healing perspective, from a trauma healing perspective, um, you know, uh, that will often be part of the work that I'll do with clients in terms of an imaginal, you know, sure. sort of memory, you know, limbic um, journey. Um, and from a poetry perspective, it's one of the things that my poetry uh, teacher always has as uh, what we'll call prompts—little, you know, yeah. things that we'll we'll say um, to kind of get you in the mood to write. And it will be something like my mother's bread, da, or yes. it will be something like, yeah. you know, the oven in my house where I grew up was always up, 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 or yeah. something. Yeah. And it's just to get you back in there and you'll know, well, the oven was always empty or mm. the oven was always cold mm. or the oven was always filled with, you know, pasta, you know lasagna or whatever but that it that it it's the portal into what that sense is and that that olfactory sense yes is um i could be wrong on this don't quote me but i think it's actually the first one the hearing or the the hearing or the hearing or the nose i think is um kind of the most visceral primal you know sort of when i say first one i mean like evolutionarily you know yeah um, beautiful. Okay. And so, and I want to get back to like, then how do we fix that? Cause that's not what's being taught today with nuclear families and everybody living in different right. cities and all that kind of thing also, but maybe we can, talk about that we can talk about also this other second piece around responsibility based respect for family community and vision individuals must have a yeah. vision that reflects the potential of their true self in reference to their family and community which is a little bit like you're talking about if sure. somebody only has a negative view of themselves in their culture then they have no avenue for growth development or a healthy response response ability hyphen yeah. Response hyphen, yeah. ability. I have an ability to respond as opposed to react. Um,
1: ability to respond to life struggles. Sure. So, want to pick it up there. So we live in uh, in 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 the world of public health, of prevention programs. We identify a problem, and then we say we're going to address this really critical problem. And um, we've defined these problems for very good reason. They're uh, life limiting. They they affect our health. Um, we wanna obliterate um, diabetes in these communities because of these things. But we've also recognized that part of that has been contributed because of the way our diets have been altered and changed over time, right? And so, or we wanna prevent um, um, issues with young people. And so we do, we do all this stuff about preventing. So we construct these, these prevention programs for a very good reason, because they're affecting our communities. But oftentimes we go into and so then we do these analysis and we say, Oh, this community is a hot spot for fill in the blank, right? And then we say, Hector shows up and he says, I want to prevent this. And w- in order to do that, we need to give you information. We we presume they're lacking information, right? And we want to do X, Y, and Z, and we want to do this, and we do this, and we rarely ask them, what is it that you want? Right? Okay. And And I would argue that if we presented things in that way, that there would be very little difference in what the community wishes for itself than what we want for that community. But we walk in leading with our preferences, our biases, and then we look at this community and we say, and then we then say, oh, this other community looks like this community. They must have the same problem. (laughs) So I now have created this narrative within my brain that says people that look like me need X, Y, and Z. And I think that we oftentimes miss opportunities to have conversations and know like saying, on the priority list of what you want, where does this fall, right? And they may say, well, we want better teachers in our schools. That, it, it, our issue may fall number seven, eight, or nine, right? But are we willing to help them on their one, twos, and threes, right? and building that relationship so that when we get to that point where we've helped them, connected them with resources to address those things, when they get to eight or nine, which was my issue, it's okay. Then when, when it gets to my issue, now they trust me. They know who I am and they then say, well, well, how would, then they invite me. How do you think we can do this, right? Mm. There's a very different way. And, and part of it is we will need, Men, we will need mental health professionals. We will need public health professionals. We will need physicians and doctors. We will need the full range of people to help us, t- teachers. Uh, but, in, but in this world, we tackle issues by silo. And usually, m- my issue is way more important than yours. Let me. Uh, it's OK. I, I forgot to mute my phone. <laughs> it's Before OK. You're I, a
0: popular I, guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, um, so, so my issue has to be more important than yours. Right? Because because this is what I do. Right. And so the question then becomes is how do we work in a very integrated way with communities so that communities can bring forth the things that are really crucial to them uh, and we can walk alongside of them and build that up and also identify, you know, what are the parts about our communities that are naturally protective?
0: Well, that I want to get into because one of the big things that I think is missed in Western psychology and in the way that a lot of therapy is practiced in the settings that I've been in, including in the trauma therapy circles that I've been involved in, uh, is that there is no mention of what it's like to have collective healing. What is it like to do a drum circle, to do a dance class, to do um, being in a band on the weekends, to be in that space of, no, this is the healing. Yes. This is where the work is done. This is the sewing circle, the knitting circle, the bread baking, quilting circle, whatever it is, that this is the healing. And we yeah. don't need to spend a couple hundred dollars for 45 minutes in somebody's office yeah. in order to do that. Yes, there's a place for that.
1: There is a
0: place for that. But that, that there's also this broader context where right. a certain kind of healing in certain
1: communities is frankly more effective. It's, it's, we want to say it's either or. And it's an and, right. Right. Um, depending on, on what we confront, uh, that may be grandmother medicine. It may be grandfather medicine. It may be auntie medicine, or it may be somebody that has a different experience than us to help us get to that point. A mentor or something. But, but if you, if you ever have the privilege of going into a rooted community and you see all the things that you described present there, right. Um, a sense of spiritual connectedness, a sense of joy through the arts, joy, joy through the arts of, of gathering for music, uh, to celebrate the talents of other people. Right. When you see that, uh, you can, you can still feel a little disconnected, but it's a little bit harder when people see you and you walk in and then say, so great to see you. And it's genuinely felt, you know, I haven't seen you in two or three weeks. Right. You remain connected. Uh, that's important thing. Those are those important elements and you, you, you see it, right. You, you hear stories about people who say, when I go home uh, and I go on Sunday to church with my mother, um, I realize what is missing in my life. Right. Or I, I, cause, cause people are genuinely happy to see you. I have not seen you. It's good that you're visiting your mother, those elements. And then, and then when you see it even deeper and you allude to, uh, you know, communities that use drums, they, they use drums as a reminder of that's your original gift. Yeah. Your original gift was the drumbeat that your mother left in you when she nurtured you, when she shared your blood with you, when she gave you that first breath. Um, mm. And so, so how do you view a drum when your culture says that's your original gift? Right. Mm -hmm. And 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 then you don't practice that. And at some point you just rediscover it and you're like, oh, my goodness, uh, this is my true inheritance. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sitting in circle or saying we need to cleanse you. You know, you need you come here when you need some cleansing so that you can start anew. Right. So you go to a a, a lodge ceremony. Right. And and in that lodge uh, ceremony, you sweat it out. Right. And Mm -hmm. and you're with a trusted individual. Who has lived that their entire life right they, they didn't learn this uh, at some point they were raised with this and when you leave in that cleansed state you 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 feel very different right mm. um, or, or when you gather in circle of support right or healing and and you hear other people share uh, the struggles that they have as well as the blessings that they have right mm. and then that commitment to to do something with that new awareness and you sit collectively with people, which I have the privilege to do um, and you grow, you know, I always feel like, man, this circle gave me, gave me so much. And I always feel like I'm, that I'm the taker, right. You know, In rare instances, people will say, Hey Hector, you know, when you shared, and then like, okay, good. I'm refilling that vessel, right? I'm giving something back. Uh, and that's what we did, right? Some of some, those circles sometimes happen in very formal ways, right? You know, uh, people gather with a, with a common interest to address historic wrongs, uh, to do something better in the future, but sometimes they happen around our dinner tables and, uh, and that's how we did it. Um, and, and we have to remind people that yes, um, some of us struggle with things that do need professional help. You know, if you're diabetic, you need a doctor to help you. Sure. But you also have some dietary things that maybe you can re-remember that, that would make us more healthy. And, uh, and, and, you know, that those are those realities that, that I think that we need to be reminded of, but a community, a collective community, when we work with them, it's not just one family, it's a collection of families. Right. Right. and, How do you get this work to root with the young people, with the adults in there, with the elders? You know, I mean, uh, there's a um, when you see that activated, you see the vibrancy of a community that begins to say, okay, they have everything they need to solve their problems. How can I work with them? to create new pathways, right? right?
0: can I get invited in to there share you some, of the, some of the pieces that might be helpful to help pivot? That's what I say to people, I say, I'm not the expert, I'm just the guide, we can co-facilitate. Sure. I know a few things about like, where there's a rock here in the road, You may wanna go this way versus that way, but you know, other than that, we're just navigating together yeah. as we go. Um, but that the answer's in you, you have the answer already there. Um, yeah. We just need to kind mm-hmm. of, you know, take away the cloud, you know, the, the misty pieces.
1: Yeah. Well, the other thing is that yesterday was the the National Day of Racial Healing. Mm. They're in communities across the country. They were honoring uh, that uh, work that as a country we need to do, right? We need to do this. And uh, the people that spoke and inspired, there were some people who were uh, profound, but I would call intellectuals. But that's even uh, creating a box for them that they're more than just intellectuals. They live it. They exude it and they do it so beautifully. And then you had these artists who were bringing healing in their way, and then these young people, and the common refrain that I heard from them was like, this young woman who's like 16 years old, right? And, and you reflect and you say, what was I doing when I was 16, right? And here's this young woman who uh, is beyond thoughtful, bright, uh, and then she acknowledges her grandparents and her great grandparents in the process, right? And. Yeah. And you're sitting there, like, well, see, um, I'm not needed here. Um, this space has everything it needs, and this young person uh, is wise beyond their age. Uh, and uh, get out of the way, right? Get yes. out of the way. Get out <laughs> of the way, and ask them. Don't leave me behind, right? Because I can <laughs> learn from you, right? I can learn. How from can you I from help you. you? Yes, yes, you know, and and you let me know when you need a person that looks like me to help clear the way. And you may in your entire life, never need it. Right. But let me be along, be along for the ride. Cause I want allyship. Yeah. Yeah,
0: That's real part. I I even go beyond it. That's partnership, right? The invitation is I'm here. Yeah. uh, Yeah. To support you. Yeah. Call me when needed or, you know, I'll, I'll remind you that's beautiful. And it's, it's so funny. The day of racial healing, I, I had a, um, a moment yesterday with, um, with some folks uh, around that issue and sort of my own personal social location around the environment that I was in, um, that pretty much is is predominantly a a white um, environment and uh, just sort of this call to uh, sort of call in um, about this issue and the discomfort that's still very much present um, with uh, what that means or looks like and, and um, sort of, the invitation to say that we can do this together really it's 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 not so bad um if we do it together um And yet there's still a lot of fear there and a lot of distancing and then allowing that, right? Like you say, like the forgiveness piece where the grandmother always forgives the little one, you know, it's sort of like, okay, well, me at my age now, I'm learning that it's sort of like, if it's not necessarily forgiveness, it's the allowing that mindfulness piece of just like, well, this is just the way it is right now, which is again, that other thing of, like you say, it won't always be this way. It's everything changes, right? So these are these core tenets of of life i mean of mindfulness of dharma really it's the truth that's what it means i mean you have your own words for it right every community does but that that it won't always be
1: like this and that this 16 year old is the new iteration of what can be well i would only add one thing is that when when i discover discomfort i truly want to know why i'm feeling that discomfort and. and sometimes it's, it's getting back, sometimes it's fear of understanding, for example, those, those shameful things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if we want to see growth as, as an individual, as a community, and as a nation, we have to be willing to really reflect on that discomfort and not shy away from it. The dilemma that we have is that we don't create spaces where we can really dis- share that discomfort, right? And so it stays where we started, in the shame, right? And in that shame, uh, that will inhibit our growth. And so we are taught on this concept of, of, of race, white supremacy, racism. Along the way of our life journey, for some of us, we've learned that there's this false hierarchy of human value. And it gets reinforced throughout our lives, and and people that are very well intentioned will, will will inculcate that in us, and and we we in, we hold that right. If we don't ever really reflect on what that false hierarchy of human value is, and how we have bought into it, then the growth that potentially can come uh, is inhibited because we never say, "I was taught or I learned that people that look like this were." less than me right? right and 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 that's a hard thing to acknowledge right that's cuz sometimes we're taught that's what we call those trauma teachings those trauma teachings that we get within families right these yeah, teachings don't down. don't don't be with these people because at some time there was a fear of some sort right um that was that was instituted in us from other people and whatnot but when you choose to say I no longer want to harbor or hold that false hierarchy. I want to connect with people uh, and learn from their journey. And you hold that sincerely and deeply, then a whole new portal of relationships is opened, right? And when you are in that space, when you are now connecting with people in that deeper sense, and and you work to push that other part away, you discover this other sense of, Man, this world is love filled, right? Yeah, it's love filled. Yes, right, right,
0: right. It it really can be without the division. There's much more, um, there's much more juice. It's a lot more, you know, it's squishy and juicy and you know, um, yeah, and and abundant as opposed to so,
1: so yeah. yeah, and 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 that is a much more beautiful place to be than harboring this sense of a false hierarchy of human value, right? That separates us, right? I don't and 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 once that, that much like, fear it can be fear, right? It can be. You know, I once again, what is it that the people felt when the other arrived on the continent? Right? What did what was felt by the people that arrived on this continent and they encountered the people that were already here? You know, what did we do in those initial meetings? What was it that we decided when we tried uh, to create a economic structure? that required us to bring enslaved people here, right? right. All of these things happen. Well, that's greed. Yeah. Generations ago, one would argue that, but you know, I would say it's greed and a whole bunch of other things involved because we didn't want to see people uh, in their true humanity. And we had greed, whatever that was, created this other false sense of a false hierarchy of human value Mm. that we have not fully undone in this process, but yet we harbor it now. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that, that, that discomfort, which is where this began, right? When we feel it, uh, it's telling us something. It is telling us something about ourselves, about our environment. And we have the ability to work that so that much like when I discovered how this sense of homophobic thinking had become infused in my life and i realized how limiting that was for me to harbor that that i chose to transform that into creating connections with people and not separation the second part of that work is i chose to make sure my children's starting line was a different point than mine right on the topic of race and the way we are raised around race and ethnicity here, that there are things that sometimes we in, we're told uh, by our environment, sometimes within our own families, and we can reflect and alter that, and we can change that. And, it, and, and, I, and the messages that I heard about others were not done by abstract people. I know their names. I know those people that said really things that, that when I reflect back, I'm like, man,
0: yeah. What did they
1: experience that they had that other done so well? Right. Um,
0: and that, that is a lot of the
1: conditioning pieces yes. around what did
0: they need to do to stay that's connected right. in their community or their safety in order to believe these things, even if they didn't believe them, like your dad was like, well, you don't have to believe this. And that's not what we do in this family. We, don't do, our culture we don't do that. We don't do that. Yeah,
1: exactly. This isn't no, thank you. Um, so, so I invite, I would invite people to be very attuned to the discomfort, right? Uh, because that discomfort may be an opportunity for incredible growth, right? And reconnection, right? And, and once you have surrounded yourself with people that have done that work, man, it's a love-filled environment. I want to go back to it. It's, that unknown is masking something that when you experience it, you're like, oh my God, I can't imagine my life being any way but this, right? And that's the transformation, right? Then sustaining that and giving the next generation the starting point that is way beyond where we were when we started.
0: Yeah, yeah. That is so beautiful. Um, really um, profound. And, and, and I'm just going to name three things before because we only have five minutes. Um, interdependence. Yes. Trust. Development. Circular learning based on love and enthusiasm and spirituality. Living life with a sense of hope. Um, those are the other sort of core tenets of yeah. uh, La Cultura Cura uh, yeah. that you have here. And again, this is nationalcompadresnetwork.org and I'm speaking with Hector Sanchez Flores, the executive director. Um, out of those three, just maybe um, any closing thoughts as we, sure. as we wind out how they show
1: up in the trainings and the work that you do. So, so the, uh, the one that you highlighted, interdependence, right? That um, when we're invited into communities, we serve as a reminder of, of stuff that we already know. Uh, but the other part is creating a network of support uh, within communities that they can activate. Not everybody shows up with the same talents and gifts. The pur- we all have distinct purposes, right? Getting back to that other thing, and being able to meet in that sacred, in our sacred identity, right? allows us to really begin to defend like, man, you're really good at this. Can you help me with this? And people will then say, Oh, you're really good at this. Can you help with this? And it's that interdependence that we all don't need to be hammers. We need screwdrivers. We need levels. We need nails that connect. Mm-hmm. We need glue that holds things together. We need the people that conceptualize that. And when we work in communities in that inter- in, and we foster that sense of interdependence. Um, it breaks down those silos. Right. Yeah. And if we gift a community, if when we leave that community, they say, they didn't teach us anything. We didn't already know. Um, what a wonderful gift to give them. I consider that like high praise. Right. <laughs> and my hope is that later on, they will say, Oh my God, maybe they know something to help us get to the next level. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they think we hold the magic, then we're doing our work wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We should be gifting them with their own ability to do this and them say, it's not magic. The National Compadres Network facilitates some really powerful things, but we have some things that are incredibly valuable too. And so I wanna you know, just say that if we were able to do that in communities, that we would be, uh, we, we, when we're invited to do that in communities, we're very grateful. Just like I am for being on this podcast and and trying to create generations of wisdom in in a new medium right sure and uh and you know and 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 if our ancestors had podcasts I'm sure they would be using podcasts too right right and if I
0: had them when I was 20 I would have been a YouTube star maybe but you know know what I mean we we, we, I mean you gotta work with what you got so yeah you know um and 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 really I think um You know, one of the one of the other mindfulness teachings is, you know, uh, something along the lines of I'm going to I'm going to butcher this, but something along you know, give me a seed and I'll know that, you know, there's there's a new day or something, you know, I'm I'm, someone will probably write me and tell me um, what it really is. But but the point is, is that these seeds. Um, yeah. Those are the children. Those are the young people. Each one of us is still the seed, and yes. so um, are we watering it. What are we planting? Are we taking care? Are we tending our garden? And is that not something that we can do every day? Um, and isn't it easier done when we're together doing it together?
1: Absolutely. And I'll just close with the elders' teaching because people will say, uh, "We're taught in the Western way. The grass is always greener on the other side." And an elder in circle once time, one time shared with me. With us, not just me. The grass is greener where you water it. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. All right. On that note, water your grass. There you and go. Hector Sanchez Flores, the executive director of the National, um, well, the yeah. National Compadres Network, yes. um, and NCN um, again. The uh, website. Nationalcompadresnetwork.org. You can find it here on the Rerooted Podcast. And I really want to thank you for your time and your presence and your gift and all of your ancestors' gifts and wisdom. Uh, and okay. um, may we collectively continue mm-hmm. to heal and uh, recover, 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 recover that which has been obscured, sure. but is still here.
1: Yes. Aho.
0: Okay. Ciao. Peace Ciao. <laughs> Ciao.